When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. This is The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Doing Yes, thanks for joining us. It is a Tuesday and this is Drive with Peter Vlahos. I'm going to do something a bit different for the remainder of the week. We've had an AFL grand final that has come and gone on Saturday, last Saturday. And now all the focus of attention will be on the WAFL grand final that is being staged at Leaderville Oval between West Perth, the former tenants of Leaderville Oval for a long, long time until probably the late 1990s when they shifted up to Arena Joondalup and Claremont. Very shortly I'll be speaking to Ashley Prescott, the coach of the Claremont Footy Club. But thanks to Sarah and everybody at the West Australian Football Commission, I have got eight tickets to give away. And what I'd like to do, if there's a boss or a manager of a business who would like to take his staff to see the WAFL Grand Final at Leaderville Oval on Saturday afternoon, all you need to do is get on the Tempera Bedshed text line, 0487 736 736. You nominate your place of business. And then come Friday, I'll be doing the run home with Brad Shepherd. We'll put all the business names in a barrel and we'll draw one lucky winner. That as a group, a bit of a staff outing, we'll be going out to see some great waffle action in the ultimate game of the season between West Perth and Claremont. So there you go. Something a bit different. Rather than give away a double here and a double there, we're going to package it all together. And we like you as the manager to nominate your business. And then you can take, as I mentioned, a bit of a staff get together to go to the WAFL Grand Final. We'll do it today, tomorrow, Thursday, and we'll draw the winner on Friday. So get to it right now. Tempera Bedshed text line 0487 736 736. Nominate your business and also you get a free plug as well. Uh, I'm happy to give your business a free plug. And maybe you as the general manager, the owner of your business, you may want to also put in on the text, maybe the Waffle Club that you support. So I look forward to uh, getting those over the next few days. Go to it now. Tempera Bedshed text line 0487 736 736. Thanks to Sarah and all the team there at the WA Footy Commission. All right, let's get into some news. Jordan Degoe has been a bit of uh, a news hound in the last uh, 24 hours. As we know, he's rejected Collingwood's contract offer because of one specific clause which would give the club Uh, liberal ability to terminate his contract at their own discretion. Now, the midfield star has been widely slammed for his refusal to sign the deal. Meanwhile, the AFL Players Association have rushed to the defence of Dugowie, and in a statement, the PA slammed the extra clauses in Dugowie's contract, 
and the AFLPA says it does not support additional behavioural clauses imposed on players beyond what's already in place through the standard playing contract. Matthew Lloyd on SEN earlier today said this about Jordan Degoe. This is uh, where I think you need a really strong manager and I'm not sure, I don't know much about his manager, but Jordan's his only client. So he's not that experienced in this game and this is where you need a really sound head around you because, you know, I I look at Tyson Stengel and and it's just been a life changer for him to go into the Geelong Football Club around good people and Jordan's a lot older and a lot more experienced than him but I think Jordan would be making a horrible decision if if he went to another club out of Collingwood who know him better than anybody uh, and and challenging him like this. And if you were his manager, say, you know what, Jordan, they're putting these claws in for a reason. At this stage, they can't fully trust you. Mm. But but if you do the right things, you're going to be fine and you're going to have five years. Yeah, but I think what was probably the worst thing is he had such a good last month. Suddenly they start thinking, oh, why should we have these clauses? Why should we? Look, I could be I'm the top 10, 15 player in the comp in that last period of time. So suddenly your demands go up and Colling would have had to move the shift the goalposts a little bit. So it is a bit, they may as well negotiate hard here, uh, Jordan and his manager, but they also have got to think of the big picture. Mm. And maybe it's not the worst thing to have these, these uh, things on him. Uh, clauses on him to keep him on the straight and narrow. So there you go. That's uh, what Matthew Lloyd said about Jordan Degoe. Uh Interesting to see how it all uh, plays out. St Kilda, from all reports, still pretty keen to maybe uh, get him on their books uh, if an opportunity does present itself. Uh, on the program today, as I mentioned, shortly we'll speak to Ashley Prescott, the coach of the Claremont Footy Club. I've seen their last two outings and I must uh, impress, they've been uh, very impressive in the first semi-final and also in the preliminary final. Of course, they take on uh, West Perth in the grand final on Saturday. West Perth have got all three teams uh, in, that is the Colts, Leagues and the Reserves, all in the grand final. So great performance there by uh, the Falcons. Uh, as well as that, there was the A-League launch in Melbourne earlier today. It was the A-League men and the A-League women's launch. I'll speak to a lady that's about to turn out for her seventh season as captain and member of the Perth Glory uh, A-League women's team in Natasha Rigby. She's going to join us a bit later on. And it's Sandover medal night tonight. And we'll be crossing live to Tim Gossage towards the tail end of the program. Gossage bring us up to date with the fancies for the Sandover medal. And he'll be overseeing the WA Football Hall of Fame and the players that will be inducted into the WA Football Hall of Fame. You had one, in fact, on the run home with Hayes and Mardo uh, just before five o'clock. Steve Malaxis, who's going to be there tonight, of course, a former Sandover medal winner, uh, tied with two other players for a Sandover medal while he was playing, Peter Spencer and, of course, Michael Mitchell. And Michael Mitchell gets uh, a Hall of Fame uh, nominee tonight. Steve Curtis, the rugged back pocket player from East Perth. There's Shane Wywoden. And there's one other, in fact, that just uh, escapes my mind at right at the moment. But they'll all be inducted into the WA Football Hall of Fame. And as well as that, uh, there will be one that will be elevated to a legend status. So we'll wait and see who that may be. But we'll get a bit of a preview also to the Sandover medal uh, a bit later on with Goss. We're going to take a break. After the break, Ash Prescott's going to join us here on Drive with Peter Vlahos. It's all thanks to Toolmart. 
the complete tool centre. Jeff Farmer, thanks, Goss. Yes, is the other one that's been inducted into the WA Football Hall of Fame. Goss, no doubt, listening to Drive with Peter Vlast. Ash Prescott joins us next here on the program. It's eight past five. Tilma, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. This is The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Doing all A bit of news on uh, Brisbane coach uh, Chris Fagan a bit later in the program. And as well as that, uh, also on their skipper, Dane Zorko. I'll deliver that to you a bit later on. And also, after the AFL entertainment that we had on the weekend, Robbie Williams outstanding. Uh, a bit ho-hum when it came to the halftime entertainment. We'll release exactly, if you're going to watch the NRL Grand Final, the Battle of the West with the Parramatta Eels taking on the Penrith Panthers, who's going to headlined uh, the entertainment at Acor Stadium, which is the Olympic Stadium in Sydney, which, by the way, is a sellout because uh, these two clubs that battle it out for the territorial uh, supremacy in the western suburbs of Sydney are going head-to-head. I've never played in a grand final before the Eels and the Panthers, so it should be an absolute beauty. We'll uh, certainly dissect that grand final and preview it a bit later on in the week here on Drive. But let's focus on the WAFL. A grand final should be a beauty. Leadable oval. They reckon they can get around 14,000, 15,000 in there. Now, there is talk that uh, you can't take chairs uh, at the Waffle Grand Final. We'll try and confirm that. Uh, Lisa says, how can you expect elderly people or kids to stand all day if you go along? So we'll uh, try and give you what the protocol will be for what promises to be a great day, a great day on Saturday. West Perth and Claremont in the league. And joining us is Ash Prescott, the coach of the Mighty Tigers. Hello, Ash. How are you going? I'm going very well, Peter. Thanks for having me. Gee, you've been good for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been really pleasing, Peter. Um, playing a really good brand of footy. Uh, we just... home on TV. Or... Yeah, we're just losing. Yeah, we're just losing oh, a fraction. Sorry, Ash, just walk a, a step yeah. or two to your right. I've got. How's that? Is that's better. better. Yeah, that's going. I was just going to yeah. say you've played a great brand of footy the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been pleasing, Peter. It's um, yeah, we, we obviously had a couple of slip ups um, against East Fremantle later in the year, but it was it was nice to get a good brand of footy going against Peel, and then um, you know we followed that up with with another good four quarter performance um, against the Sharks on the weekend. Consistency has been a bit of an issue during the home and away season. Uh, how come it's all come together now? Has it been part of the plan to get your best football and your best team on the park at this stage of proceedings? Um, yeah, I think it has. I think if you look at the, the whole competition, I think it's, it's been a, very even um, and a little bit up and down. And we, we finished two points off off top position. So, you know, whilst we had some inconsistency, I, I felt we've been building, you know, pretty nicely. But I think it's come together a little bit more from, from in regards to the method in the way we want to play. And we've been, been pretty hard to play against in the last couple of weeks defensively. Um, and that sort of set up our offensive chains also. Um, but again, it really comes comes off the back of, of, of being hungry and desperate and winning the contested ball. Oh, there's no question. Uh, the game was done and dusted by half-time against the Fremantle in the preliminary final. Of course, the week uh, before that in the first semi, you absolutely swept the floor with Peel Thunder. Now, Jai Bolton, of course, a very, very high-profile name in the Claremont League side, Sandover medalist, a couple of times over. He plays almost like the sweeper now in defence, and he's so clean... Uh, with his disposal, that's been a uh, big fill-up when you talk about your defensive structure. 
Yeah, it has, Peter. He, um, and he's a fantastic runner, Jai. He, um, you know, his ability to cover the ground back and forward has been fantastic. And he's got such a beautiful penetrating um, kick, of, kick of the footy too. So whether that's kicking in from full back or, as you say, you know, sweeping across that half back line and, and setting up some attack for us, he's, he's been really good. And, and it's a full credit to him for just embracing a, a really team role. And, it, and it's allowed us to play some younger midfielders that have been coming through the system at Claremont, um, you know, that are really dog-hungry and desperate. Uh, and they've been cracking in really hard. Yeah, saying that, you know, Edwards returned to the lineup after missing the first semi-final. He gave you a bit of run on the weekend. He did. He was he was tremendous, Ben. He's um he's got an amazing um, ability to step and change direction and use his speed. At times, he probably overdoes it, but you know, you get that, and we love how he can really ignite the team and break lines for us. So, yeah, another really promising young player coming through the club. So what do you do this week? Uh, no doubt you'll have to sit down at the selection table. There's always hard luck stories when it comes to any grand final, whether it be AFL or WAFL. You think with what you've delivered over the last couple of weeks that there'll be minimal, if any, changes to the side. Yeah, look, the, the boys got through uh, unscathed. So, you know, there's no no injury concerns thus far. We've got our main session um, tomorrow night. So that'll be good to get the legs ticking over again. But, yeah, just at this stage, I wouldn't have thought there'd be, be too many structural changes. I think we've been building, you know, to try and get this group together. Um, Talon DeLacy was a little bit stiff. He, he performed really well um, against Peel, and he unfortunately went out for Ben Edwards. But... Yeah, look, selection will, will pan out um, tomorrow night, but I can't see there being too many changes. And it's been your small forwards that have hit the scoreboard over the last couple of weeks. So, you know, the manuals, the smallwoods, these sort mm. of players. Spivey's been busy, of course, in the attacking 50. You look to them again? Yeah, I think so. We've, we've really got to have a spread of, of goal kickers. I think that's that's really important. We haven't got a real, you know, vocal point as such down there. We're, we're pretty even. I think our, our top goal kicker might have kicked 23 or, or 24 goals. So, yeah, we rely on, on everyone to play their role and um, and hopefully contribute to a, to a winning score. Yeah, saying that, you know, Claremont really in the last two or three decades have been one of the big clubs when it comes to the WAFL with their performances. Uh, you know, perennial finalists preparing for your 28th grand final and looking to win your 13th premiership. When I was growing up as a boy, let me tell you, Ash, you know, Claremont weren't anywhere near double figures when it came to premierships. And no doubt now there is an expectation that you play finals football and for many, grand finals. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, you know, I think if, if you're not in it to win grand finals, you, you probably should be doing something else. So, you know, our key objective as a footy club is, is to win grand finals. It's, it's to also produce, you know, young young talent, um, you know, into the waffle or hopefully into the AFL and, and perform well in the Roger Gray Shield, you know, which which shows club depth. So, so they're the three key pillars that we're aspiring to each year. Um, you know, they're hard to win. So, you know, we've got to earn it and we've got to make sure we turn up and, and give it everything we've got. Mm. But overall, it's, um, you know, I'm, I'm very privileged to be able to coach the Claremont Footy Club and a, and a wonderful group of players. Yeah. I actually mentioned in the commentary last week, I was very impressed with Eastland. Uh, of course, uh, your number one ruckman. How tall is he, Ash? I believe he's, uh, what, 190-odd, is he, in, in stature? Yeah. Yeah, a little, little bit there. I think he's about 196, Ollie. Um, yeah, so he, he, he's not a, an absolute man mountain like a meek, but, mm. but what he does give you is, is a great competitive contest. 
in the air and then his ability to follow up and tackle is, is essentially like another midfielder, Holly, when the ball hits the deck. So, you know, he's been enormous the last two weeks for us and, you know, he's obviously got another um, big assignment, um, you know, this weekend. Yeah, what's his future, do you think? Uh, do you think he can develop to be a very, very good footballer? As I said, he's certainly got the leap, he's got the ability to hold down the, the ruck division and he's got the agility to pick up the ground ball. You know, where do you think he can go with his career? Oh, you're dead right. Oh, look, I think the sky's the limit. He's only young and he's still developing. And, um, you know, I think there has been some interest, you know, at the higher level at, at different stages of his career. I mean, we love him and we don't want to lose him. But, um, you know, again, it's, it's about giving these young lads an opportunity to be the best they can be. And if that's becoming a, a star of the waffle or potentially getting a chance in the AFL, you know, I think he's more than capable. What about your opposition on the weekend? Uh, how do you see them? Uh, they're very powerful, West Perth. They're, um, you know, they're, they're the most mature and experienced, you know, group of men in the waffle. Um, and they're obviously really well coached and well drilled. Um, you know, number one for offence, I think number one in, in the defence too. So, you know, we've got our work cut out. But, um, you know, I think we've built a bit of belief um, over the last two weeks. So it should be a cracking grand final. There's a nice little side story to it all, of course, with Darren Harris and, and what happened at Claremont and going back to West Perth and, and you, of course, succeeding him. Uh, do you think that'll add a nice little uh, side light to the game on Saturday? Well, I suppose it, it does in, in some respects. It's, I mean, it, it's hard for... I suppose it's hard for me to comment too much, but all I can say is Darren Lester, a great mark at the Claremont Footy Club, and you know he's a he's a committed, passionate coach who, who's had a wonderful career both playing and you know we need good people in the waffle, and, and he's one of them. So you know I'm, I was so happy to see him get another opportunity to to do something that he obviously loves doing at a, at a club he loves in West Perth. So so full credit to Darren and. Um, yeah, I think we're just two two middle-aged men that, that love footy and, and love being involved. So, yeah. um, you know, yeah, we'll probably just leave it at that. But. It's going to be a special one for you too because this could be your first flag as a coach. I know you've you've almost got there, I think about a six-year tenure as coach of Claremont mm. uh, over the seasons, over your period. Three, I think, second-place finishes, two thirds. So you've almost got there but haven't quite got there. No, I haven't, Pete, and that's um, it's something that, yeah, I don't have any regrets. I, you know, I can really lay my head down and know, you know, during those years at Claremont, we gave it everything we, we had, and we came up against some super teams in, in Subiaco and South Fremantle um, during that year, you know, which were, were tremendous, and full credit to them. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's not about me, but it's about the footy club. But, um, yeah, hopefully those punishments um, that I've received are, can provide some preparation um, for the future. I reckon it's going to be a great grand final. I've been very impressed with Claremont. And as we know, West Perth, for the most part, have been the benchmark of the competition. This all sets it up. You're happy with the venue? I'm wrapped with the venue. And I went down and had a bit of a look. The surface looks fantastic. I think it's nice to be to be played at a, at a neutral venue. Um, and Leadable Oval, it's... It's sort of a, you know, once it got moved from Optus, which was disappointing, I think, um, you know, they're putting some stands up. Hopefully they can have seats and chairs for people and everyone can just come up and have a tremendous, tremendous day of waffle footy, you know, kicking off with the Colts and then the reserves and then the league. Yeah, good on you, Ash. Well, good luck. Uh, so what's the program between now and Saturday for your squad? We'll, we'll have our training session, main training session tomorrow night, Peter, and then and then a light run on, on Friday. So... We'll just keep the keep the routine as normal. 
um, you know, hopefully that gives us every every chance to to compete and give it everything we've got on Sunday. All right, good on you, Ash. Thanks for joining us, and good luck for the game on Saturday. Really looking forward to broadcasting it, and I think it'll be an absolute classic Waffle Grand Final, and the atmosphere will be terrific as well. Thanks for joining us. Thanks very much, Peter. Cheers. Good on you, Ash Prescott. Uh, Alex of North Lake has just got on the temper of bedshed text line. Peter, you're pretty powerly with the Claremont uh, coach. Um, I reckon you'll be spitting chips with the mortal enemy having all grades representing the grand finals. That's Big Al of North Lake. Go the Cardies. The Cardies. Do you know who the Cardies were, Jimmy? Jimmy Williams is a fanatical West Perth supporter. Do you remember the Cardinals? No. You only know Falcons. Al, you, uh, you remember the garlic munchers? That's what we used to call them. Yeah, the garlic munchers. No, nah, I'm not really au fait with West Perth. We did make a couple of calls to West Perth today. You think they returned our calls? Go the, go the Tigers. 24 past five here on Drive with Peter Vlahos, brought to you by Toolmart, the complete tool centre. Now, I'm being very neutral. I'm looking forward to the game. Well done to West Perth. They've had a terrific season. Have all three uh, in the grand final in all grades. is just an incredible performance. And we'll speak to somebody from West Perth tomorrow. We'll take a break. Come back with more. Your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. This is The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Yes, Sandover Metal Night will cross to Goss a bit later on. There is uh, talk that East Perth look like Ross McQueen, who was the senior assistant to Jeremy Barnard, former Claremont's. Colts Premiership coach who's been at East Perth uh, this season uh, maybe taking over the top job at the Royals. Uh, that looks like being announced uh, before not too long. So uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. As we know, uh, the Peter German has been announced as coach of the Perth Footy Club. Uh, those were the two jobs that were vacant. Uh, just regarding the Sandover medal, um, some of the fancies, Hayden Schleuth of South Fremantle, certainly one of the fancies, Jesse Turner of Swan Districts, Hamish Brayshaw of East Perth, Lloyd Meek of Peel Thunder has been very good. And Milan Murdoch, who was a laid out for East Fremantle in the preliminary final, is also a, a chance. Uh, Jai Bolton, who knows how to win Sandover medals, is also in the reckoning, but we'll, uh, we'll have a look at uh, the Sandover medal a bit closer uh, when we speak to Goss, and also uh, the WA Hall of Fame. As we said, uh, some very, very prominent names will be inducted tonight, and there also will be uh, one of those uh, Hall of Famers elevated to legend status. But, but first, before we go to Tash Rigby, the captain of the A-League women's uh, team for Perth Glory, let's uh, just update for tyre power. What is going on? I haven't got the credits here, but anyway, uh, just bringing you up to date with some sport. Uh, Brisbane Lions skipper Dane Zorko will go around for at least one more year after signing a one-year contract extension. The Lions have shown faith in their veteran, who is 34 at the start of the next AFL season, despite a checkered year. Uh, Parramatta Halfback Mitchell Moses has turned up the heat on St. George Illawarra and Queensland Origin star Ben Hunt in the battle for the Dally M medal. Now, Moses will look to break Parramatta's 36-year premiership drought in Sunday's grand final against Penrith, and the Eels magician could go into the biggest game of his career with the NRL's top individual gong 
hanging from his neck. And the Wallabies are expected to receive a major boost ahead of their five-test spring tour with the country's most capped captain, Michael Hooper, expected to make himself available to play. An official decision is likely to be made later this week, but it's believed Hooper is ex excited about the prospect of returning on the spring tour with a view of pushing for selection in next year's World Cup. Those sports headlines, thanks to Tyre Power, buy three and get one free on selected Kumo passenger car and SUV tyres at Tyre Power. Tash Rigby now joins us from the Perth Glory. It was the official A-League launch in Melbourne today. Uh, Tash, thanks for joining us on the program. No problem. Thanks for having me. We had the big A-League launch, of course, for the men's and women's. How did it go today in Melbourne? Yeah, it was so much fun. We had it at Ultra Football, which is just, like, such a fantastic venue. So it was awesome to be able to spend the day with all the other amazing players and start the season with a bang. And saying that, well, what are your forecasts for the upcoming season from a Perth Glory point of view? Yeah, yeah, the team's looking really, really strong. Our women's team, we're building off last year. We had a really good campaign considering we only had one home game. So we're just looking to build on that, make finals and add to our strength of our team. Yeah, saying that, of course, uh, you take over the captaincy again and you're basically returning to the A-League women's uh, club, that is the Perth Glory, for a seventh season. It's been a great career so far, Tash. You must be looking forward to at least maybe getting some silverware before your career is done and dusted. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think playing in two grand finals and missing out has been pretty tough. So definitely looking to um, get a little bit of silverware. Fingers crossed. So tell us about the squad that's been assembled so far. Yeah, it's really good. So, like I said, we're, we've got quite a similar squad to last year and we wanted to keep that core group because we, we wanted to build on what we've created. But we've added a lot of depth in terms of um, our attackers. So, we've got a few. Um, we've got a new import called Gabriella Coleman. She's coming in and she is going to be awesome up front. And we've got a new goalkeeper as well, Sarah Langman, who's coming from Sydney. So, just adding in spots that we, we needed a little bit more strength. We know that the home ground for the A-League men will be at Macedonia Park this year because of the redevelopment at HPF Park. What about uh, your team? Is it going to be the same venue? Yes, yes. So we're going to be playing at Macedonia Park as well, which will be cool because we'll get to play uh, with the boys there as well. So, yeah, it's a great park. We had our one home game there last season and the field was really, really good. So looking forward to playing there again. Is there a chance of double headers happening? I'm not actually sure. I hope so, because that's always a great uh, atmosphere and it adds a lot um, to both teams. So I hope so, but I'm not entirely sure. And what about the launch today? Uh, how did you present, that is, to the media that were assembled there, the dynamics of the A-League for this new campaign? Was there any special theme at all? Uh, there was just, we, so we had a big launch and we just had, uh, it was actually a live audience, which was really cool. And there was a DJ and they announced the season and caught us up on, on stage. And they also um, debuted the new, because they're doing a an A-Legs documentary. So they showed the first preview of that as well. So yeah, it was awesome. Our, we got to show off our brand new kit as well, which looks really good. But like I said, it was just awesome to meet and mingle with all the other players. So they're looking at an A-League documentary, are they? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's being made at the moment. And what that'll be featured, I gather, on the host broadcast uh, when it is completed? I think so, yes.
So, Tash, what is the program? You come back to Perth tonight. We've caught you at the airport on your way back home. You get back still into pre-season training. What's Alex's program before the first round? Yeah, so we've got two weeks until pre-season starts and then it's going to be hitting the ground running. I think Alex has got a pretty tough pre-season training regime so two weeks of just like conditioning I think to start with and then because we do have a short pre-season I think we'll spend the rest of the time just trying to gel um, as a group and find that cohesion. And you're looking forward to at least being a normal season with COVID the two years of COVID now behind us it'd be great to get back to normality won't it? Oh 100% it's going to be so nice just to be able to get into routine at home and play some home games in front of the fans. We're so excited to just be back in Perth. Um, yeah, so really, really looking forward to it. And, of course, uh, you had, was it Ryan Williams who was there from the A-League side? Yeah, yeah, I was with Ryan. He was so much fun. We had a lot of good times doing the photo shoots together. It was great. Yeah, I think I've seen him on social media. You scrub up okay. <laughs> Thanks, Peter. <laughs> Good on you, Tash. Of course, the uh, the Perth Glory launch is happening next week. We look forward to seeing you then, where before all the uh, corporate sponsors and also the supporters, the two teams will be unveiled. We look forward to seeing you there, Tash, and thanks for your time. Awesome. Thanks so much, Peter. Have a great day. Uh, she's just uh, top talent. Don't worry about that. Natasha Rigby, the uh, captain, and she continues carrying and wearing the captain's armband for the A-League women's team there at the Glory. Wish her the best of luck. And I think they'll go pretty well this season. Uh, the A-League season not far away. You can hear, of course, the Perth Glory matches right here on SENWA. Uh, you'll also hear the NRL Grand Final too, the Battle of the West. I'm looking forward to this between the Penrith Panthers and the Parramatta Eels. The Eels, I went to their last grand final when I was actually living and working in Sydney in 1986. I was there. And that's the last time they won a NRL premiership. They're taking on Penrith, who into their third consecutive grand final. These two sides have never met each other in the finale to an NRL season. Uh, what I like about the NRL, as we know, it's a twilight uh, grand final. It finishes uh, under lights. The entertainment often is... Uh, it, at dusk, you can see the lights and the smoke going off. And this guy will be entertaining the crowd at Acor Stadium or, as we know, at the Olympic Stadium. No second prize for either the Eels or the Panthers, but I reckon he's going to be perfect. All the Westies will come out there. That's what they call them in Sydney. Uh, they'll be there with their flannel shirts and their DBs and all that sort of stuff. It'll be uh, a terrific atmosphere. Really looking forward to seeing it. Uh, the match between Penrith and Parramatta. And let's hope it's a bit closer than what we witnessed at the AFL Grand Final. We'll take a break. We'll cross down to Tim Gossage on the other side of the break. He's conducting the West Australian Football Hall of Fame presentation tonight at the Sandover Medal. Zulma, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA-owned and operated for over 40 years. This is The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Doing all right. 
17 to 6, uh, driving you uh, home. Uh, wherever you may be listening on SEN 657, uh, SEN Spirit 621 through Bunbury in the southwest, in the gold fields at SEN 1611 on DAB Plus Radio at SEN Peel or on the SEN WA app. A man that operates uh, on not too much sleep because he does a lot of emceeing jobs and auctions and all that at night and then butters up very early in the morning, the following morning on SENWA Breakfast. Uh, heard uh, Monday to Friday between 6 and 8 is Tim Gossage. He's at the Crown Sandover Medal Night tonight. Goss, good evening to you. Oh, g'day, Pete. Yes, uh, the who's who, well, so they say, of WA football here tonight. A bit of a, a great mix of, uh, of legends and uh, and soon to be a new uh, Sandover medal. Yes, and of course, when you look at the history of the Sandover medal, as I said, it's etched into WA football folklore. Gee, there's been some outstanding individuals that have won it over the years. And I've, I believe tonight it's a, a pretty open race. Oh, it is an open race. I haven't seen enough waffle footy to probably have, you know, my two bobs worth. But we've had Hamish Brasher in on breakfast every week this year and, you know, we sort of half joked that he would be a contender. I think he is a contender. Mm. I think, you know, everyone you speak to think yeah, he was the best, one of the best inside his team and they were going okay for patches, but they probably got beaten too many times for him to, to be a contender. There's going to be West first going to have contenders. We always know that Nelson and Black and Meadows will poll well. And then you've got, you know, does does Lloyd Meek or Mitch Croden do well at Peel? And the one that they're sort of talking about very much uh, is uh, can he be in front and can he hang on is Blaine Bokehurst. And, and, you know, he misses the last three because of that knee. Um, a lot of people think that, you know, he's going to be like uh, the, that rabbit in the hair. He's going to be out in front at some stage and uh, whether he can hang on is uh, is problematical. He, he might get swallowed up late, but uh, look, he's had a very good year. Yeah, and of course on the run home with Hayes and Marto, Brad Shepard filling in for Hayes, uh, they had Steve Malaxis, who's a WA Football Hall of Famer. He'll be there tonight. He's been the man that's mm. been part of the uh, SEN uh, WAFL coverage. Uh, you'll be uh, anchoring and hosting the WA Football Hall of Fame uh, and tell us about the inductees tonight. Yeah, so there's four inductees and there's a legend uh, elevation. So uh, someone who's already in the Hall of Fame is elevated to legend status, which is absolutely brilliant. Looking forward to that. So the, the four inductees, they've been made public, but uh, only three will be there tonight. Jeff Farmer, sadly, can't come across from Melbourne to be here due to other commitments. But um, Stephen Curtis... Uh, East Perth and Port Adelaide over you know that was just under 350 games total, uh, currently travelling around Australia in a caravan. Pete, and he's <laughs> going to be joining uh, us on stage. Uh, Michael Mitchell, um, who we know was in that vault. I heard you mention earlier the triple dead heat for the for the Sandover and uh, had a wonderful career. Uh, probably shortened a little bit by concussion and the like at Richmond. Gee, he could and take he, a grab, be, um, couldn't he? He could take a grab. Oh, well, well, I think it was uh, there was one of the years, I think in 1990, where he won Mark of the Year and Goal of the Year in the same year yeah. um, for Richmond that day, and he got a he got a car and a, and a petrol uh, for for the year back then. So um, he wow. had it all covered. And, and the other one is Shane Woden, who we know, of course, um, Brownlow medalist, um, 200 gamer in the AFL, and and also went back and played for Eastern Man and won, I think, a, a club champion in in his return season and coached the team and has been around waffle footy for a long time and then had a small stint over helping the Brisbane Lions. So um, wonderful inductees for tonight and the legend. So how do they, and I know you've been involved with the WA Football Hall of Fame for a number of years, Goss. What is the criteria to be inducted into West Australia's Football Hall of Fame? 
That's a very good question, Pete. I had no idea to be brutally honest with you. Um, <laughs> but, but not, not, not the simplicities of it. Um, I think you've got to have been out of the game uh, as a player uh, predominantly for, for 10 years. Um, and there's a Hall uh, of so, Fame yeah. panel, isn't there, that uh, gets together yes, every year? Yeah. Yep. Yep, and they get you know they get nominated. They throw it around. Um, you know, you can be member of media, it can be administration. Um, you know, as you know, Stephen Curtis. Like when I was just talking to Stephen Curtis, um, you know, just getting a, a preparation for tonight, um, a couple of days ago, I sort of said to him, "Did you think this moment had passed?" He goes, "Mate, I thought my you know I, I thought if I was going to get in, I would have got in by now because I've done because he's done nothing since mm-hmm. you know he's in his mid sixties so you know there there are some that go, go through to the keeper and then all of a sudden um, the opportunity arises so um, you know you see some from yesteryear you see that Shane Woden Shane Woden it wasn't that long out of the game you know yeah. um, so um, you know he's a sort of your more your modern type one and then you've got your legend tonight's legend is someone from the very first year and that's thrown around and tonight you know the Graham Moss and Bill Walker and um, and others will be there tonight to to welcome the legend into the legendary status, which is always a, a wonderful night. And that's intermingled with the Sandover Medal, which is obviously the feature part of the evening. Yeah, no, it's terrific. Uh, really looking forward to seeing uh, how it all goes. Steve Curtis, you brings back a lot of memories. A number yeah. eleven back yeah. pocket player for East Perth. He was a star. In fact, he yeah. was. Uh, he, he was. was like, Botlo, Pete. Beg your pardon. He was Mike Botlow. How was he? For those who remember, way back in the uh, in the late seventies, or in fact sixty seventies and early eighties. A bloke used to come around with a truck and pick up all the King Brown beer bottles that your family would <laughs> knock off. The, yeah. And apparently, and I said to him, I used to be our bottler. And then he sold the round to another gentleman who then on-sold it. And the on-seller who bought it was Ken Marshall. Remember Ken yes. Marshall who played for Subiaco? Played for Subiaco. Mm. Big muscle man, had tattoos on his legs and big yeah. blonde bomb. And, and you actually owned Daisy's Deli briefly over wow. there in Cottesloe as well. So, um, yeah, great memories uh, way back then as well. So, um, yeah, looking forward to chewing the fat with Steve Curtis. I reckon, I reckon you and me. Sure I reckon, it's all about me. I reckon you and me, guys, because we grew up in this town and we've met so many people yeah. in our careers in, in footy, I reckon we'd have a great down memory lane segment. Now, we could talk about every yeah. individual and some of the backstory yeah. stories. We might we might put it to the bosses one day. Maybe we can do something like that. Mate, enjoy oh, it tonight. No, yeah, Pete, and, and, yeah, I will do, Pete. And just confirming, Ross McQueen will be the new coach of Eastbrook. You can yeah. pay that to the bank. Okay, that's good on that's you, that's mate. That's yeah, that's well, he's been the assistant to Jeremy Barnard. Of course, he's had some success uh, with developing players. Of course, as the Colts coach at Claremont, where he took a couple of premierships there. So we wish him the best of luck. Thanks for that, Goss. Have a good night tonight. Thanks, Pete. All right, there you go. Tim Gossage is back on radio at 6 o'clock tomorrow morning on the SENWA Breakfast. Let's just look at, uh, of course, uh, trade radio is underway, as we know, uh, broadcast on uh, the SENWA platform. A lot of talk regarding what's going to happen with uh, some of the players. Now, Colin Young, who is the player manager here from Perth, from Western Australia, has got a lot of players that he's trying to get deals done with. Again, was featured on trade radio. And he was asked if he has a conflict of interest managing Justin Longmuir, who is the coach of the Fremantle Dockers. Bit surprised because, look, um, I know that um, Matt's with TLA and I think he still is with TLA and they do a great job, TLA. They've got about 18, 15 to 20 coaches under their umbrella. And I don't think there's any conflict with them as well. I think Paul Connors manages Hardwick. So I'm not too sure why that would be a conflict, but... In saying that, Justin and I have a different relationship, um, as in not you know managing. So, just I don't directly manage Justin Lomu. Justin looks yeah. after himself. Right. Okay. 
Okay, that's what Colin Young had to say about Justin Longmuir. And also, he went on to say why Blake Akers chose Carlton. Well, I think it was the phone call um, that Andrew had uh, with Nick Austin and then I think just after the season finished with the, the conversation that um, Blake had with Vossi about where he'd play on the wing and how he fits in really well. Um, and the way he plays, you know, it's credit to what Justin did with him, the way he plays uh, that wing-type role. And it just fits in with Carlton. So he's going to be super for them next year. So Blake Akers, a blue next year. That's his third AFL club. The other one that's interesting, away from uh, trade radio and the trades that, of course, start on Monday, October the 3rd, is Brad Scott, the former North Melbourne coach. Of course, uh, the Brisbane Lions triple premiership player who now is in the AFL as basically the head of football operations there and has made some significant decisions in his tenure as an employee at the AFL. As we know, Essendon has yet to announce a coach for 2023 and beyond. Uh, As they've mentioned, they're looking for someone experienced, somebody who's got a profile. There has been talk about James Hurd. That seems to have just abated somewhat. But the name that's been thrown up in recent days has been Brad Scott. And a man that is involved with SEN in Melbourne is Essendon legend in Tim Watson. This is what he had to say about the talk that possibly Brad Scott could quit his involvement at the AFL and take up the position at the Bombers. I think he's a good coach. I think he's a really good coach. Didn't have the ultimate success at North Melbourne. Remember when they recruited and they thought that they were recruiting for, you know, they got Cunnington in and they got Zeebel in and that whole group of players. Ultimately, they weren't a great, great list of foundation, build your foundation type players around. Like they, they were really, really good players, but they weren't ultimately good enough to carry them to a premiership. But I think he did a really good job. He was a good coach in as much as the way they set up defensively, the hard to play against North Melbourne for most of the time that he was there coaching. So I think um, he's certainly one coach that I would have had I been part of the whole process, I would have gone after and asked a question about for sure. So we'll see what happens regarding Brad Scott, but that's been the uh, the talk around Tullamarine and Essendon's home base, that maybe he's the one that they're now viewing to maybe uh, bring back into a coaching role after, of course, his twin brother, Chris Scott, uh, won his second premiership with the Geelong Cats. And just before I go, the other footy news, as we know, regarding uh, certainly Alistair Clarkson and also Chris Fagan, is that the Brisbane coach in Chris Fagan has hired a top legal team in a bid to clear his name in the Hawthorne racism bombshell. Fagan, and as we know, Clarkson, were allegedly named in Hawthorne's review of its treatment of First Nations players. And reports of their alleged interactions have been damning, and the AFL is working to establish a panel to investigate the claims. Now, Fagan and Clarkson have vehemently denied any wrongdoing. Uh, Fagan, by the way, has enlisted Clayton Utz lawyers and barristers Liam Kelly KC and David Turner to act on his behalf in the proposed investigation. And there's no doubt a lot more to play out regarding that in coming weeks. As Gillan McLaughlin said, the outgoing CEO of the AFL, he's going to stick around till all this is put to bed and that could take a couple of months. So we'll bring you up to date on how that does develop in coming weeks. Thanks for joining us on the program. It's all been thanks to Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre, where you get the right tool from the start. Thanks to Lee and Jimmy. I'll be back again at 5 o'clock tomorrow. 
and we'll focus on the West Perth. I'm trying to bring you a West Perth legend who's got his own story to tell. Tune in tomorrow from 5 right here on SENWA. Good night, everyone.